Welcome to the Awake Space Astrology Podcast. I'm Lori Rivers with you. And I'm going to try to give you some inspiration to help those aspirations get out into the world this week. Uh, but honestly, if there's one thing I can do, I know it would be to soothe you this week because it is crunchy. It is beyond crunchy. Um, I don't know if you've seen... <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the sweatshirt that says it, it's a PTO request. It says Astro Lori says it's going to be crunchy PTO request. It's that kind of week, guys. Um, Pluto goes direct on the 10th on Tuesday. And it, it happens around 6 p.m. Pacific, which makes that 9 p.m. Eastern. And... Uh, to me, it's an escalating energy. And I, I talked a little bit about that last week. Given the situation between Palestine and Israel, it, it to me, there's just a great amount of things I'd rather not see in the news coming up. Um, am I dancing around it? Yeah, because this is the opening of the podcast. I'll talk in a little more detail. And for those of you who are wondering, or if you're new to me, you found me on TikTok or through a friend, or just here on Spotify or on Apple or Audible, wherever we're at, iHeartRadio. Um, I'm a political analyst and I specialized in the Middle East. When everybody else was looking at the Soviet Union, I specialized in the Middle East. And I've been very concerned, well, pretty much my entire adult life, but I've been very concerned, especially once we destabilize Syria, because in the domino theory, um, Syria needed to hold secure, or we kind of took the plug out of the bathtub. And I'll talk about that a little bit more um, later here in the podcast, but I, I am concerned, but I can tell you before you listen to another word, there is not going to be global nuclear thermal war. There may be a lot of conflict, but it's not, we're not going to nuke each other to death. So that scenario firmly holds as far as I can see. Okay. Uh, this is a wild and very crunchy week. I think we're going to see an increase in seismic activity. We're going to talk about that too. Um, because Pluto stations direct and then we've got Mars ingressing into Scorpio. That signifies and represents big bursts of energy. Um, and when again, I'll talk about that in the next segment. Um, what can you do about it? Well, we're going to be talking about that too. You know, once once I give all the stuff out on the carpet, then then we're going to pick us all back up, and we're going to look at what we as individuals can do, what's useful, what isn't useful, and how to kind of take a step back from from looking at things. Um, I got pretty passionate on my live stream tonight. People enjoyed it though. Um, I went on a little bit early on Sunday. <laughs> Got the horoscopes out before recording the podcast. And uh, patrons, you'll get your special podcast, your very, very own podcast episode will come out later today on Monday. Um, and you'll get to 
hear about Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and, and Mary Shelley, the author, and going through her astrology. Why? Because we need distractions right now. It is crunchy. And no one is immune to transits. You, you can't enlighten yourself so much so that you don't feel pressure or you don't feel um, the energy swirling about. Now, the more you are enlightened or are better with your mastery of self, the more you can correct course. But everybody is impacted by transits, okay? Because they reflect the energy of the time and we're all very sensitive creatures. We're vulnerable. We're human. Every single one of us, whether we like people or don't like people, we're going to talk about that too. Um, I'm not going to do a little shout out on this one. Um, in fact, if you've got littles, put your headphones on because we have to talk about some serious stuff and kids kids especially little little kids they, they don't need to be worried they might hear things out of context and so i mean you're the parent you make the decision what you want to do but I, i'm not going to hold back on this episode so that's just a fair warning to the mamas and the papas listening in so let's go through the drive through um i'm ready for a trenta sweet cream uh vanilla sweet cream cold brew vanilla sweet cream cold brew i need a trenta um, and uh, maybe a breakfast sandwich. And uh, let's hit the road. Let's go to work. Let's let's go grocery shopping. And if you haven't done your grocery shopping, it's probably a good day to go out and do that. All right. Oh, did I mention we have an eclipse coming up? Yeah, that too. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the astrology of the week. Oh my goodness. Um, for those of you who are new to listening to me, welcome. If you're a new patron, hey, thank you. We're going to do your shout outs in a little bit. Um, I'm a political analyst that became an astrologer. Okay. And I specialized in the Middle East. Um, Americans are woefully uneducated, purposefully on matters to do with the Middle East. We have had a great amount of propaganda thrown our direction um, that very much represents a lot of cultures, um, that creates a monolith out of a variety of ethnicities, belief systems, and cultures. Um, and I know, I know, because when I left the country at 18, um, and I took a one-way ticket to England. I bought that myself. Um, and I went to college, even though it was an American school, there were a lot of people from the Middle East there. And I was absolutely terrified when I first showed up because all I'd ever seen on the news, and you have to remember, we didn't have the internet to reference. We didn't have alternative ways to find information. We had a library and you were limited to the books in the library system and you know I was fascinated by the Middle East because I really loved like the the a thousand one Arabian Nights I was fascinated by the architecture and 
some of the history, but I had read old history. We didn't learn about the modern history other than Israel was formed because people uh, faced genocide during the Holocaust and they got to go back home. That's what we're taught in America. And that's the rhetoric. But it, it isn't that simple nor is the the Bible a good reference. It, it's a collection of stories. <laughs> they, they're old, but it's not exactly truth. Okay. And <clears throat> there's a lot of flaws in that argument. So anyway, back to the story. When I first got there, I was terrified because of the propaganda I'd been raised with. And I kind of isolated myself a little bit because it was very off-putting. I, I chose England because I thought I'd do better with a common language. And I chose an American school. Not that I wanted to hang out with Americans, but just I knew that system. And if I was going to make these big changes, I wanted to keep as much consistency as I could. I don't know. I was a pretty smart 18-year-old. Um, but then I met... Uh, my fellow students and I started to get to know their stories and that was probably the best education I got was actually learning to freaking shut up and listen to other people and I started hearing varying perspectives and before you think there was only one perspective that isn't true we had people from 70 different countries right um, many different cultures outside of that so you know there was a bunch of Iraqis but there were Kurds okay there was Sunni there was Shia um, you know, there were Armenians from who had Israeli citizenship. There were, um, and Lebanese as well. Um, you know, Armenians that had Lebanese citizenship. There were Palestinians. There were Israelis. There were Turks. There were Greeks. And from different regions, different belief systems. There were Muslims. There were Coptic. That's a Christian denomination in Egypt um, and other parts of, of North Africa. There were people from everywhere. There were Iranians. Um, there were people who were refugees or in exile. Um, there were people who were sponsored by their governments to be there. And so in sitting down and listening to people, I learned a lot about perspective. And it was great training to become a good astrologer, by the way, which I wouldn't have even thought I would become back then. Astrology came later. So I have a unique perspective besides my life experience and learning to listen. I also, again, was a specialist on the Middle East and the situation there. It is a very complex situation, and it has to do with balance of power politics. The British um, wanted the Ottoman Empire gone. That was part of what happened during World War One. At the end of World War One, they decided to be in charge of Palestine. The League of Nations gave it to them. The League of Nations was the precursor of the United Nations, and. <clears throat> People, the, the, there wasn't ongoing war for thousands of years in that spot, by the way. People got along pretty, pretty well, unless there was an invasion of some kind. And there was a massive amount of conflict moving in towards the formation of Israel post-World War II. And 
there was a lot of people moved from one place to another place. And I think it's very, very important to not confuse politics with people because it's easy to do that. But what has been happening since 1948 has been a breach of determination. All human beings have the right to be self-determinant under the UN. All right. We have agreed that it is a human right to have self-determination and be determined. I know a lot of countries break that. But it is truly an apartheid state. And I was very disappointed in the Democrats recently for, for basically calling out some of the progressives for saying exactly that because the United Nations has declared it an apartheid state. There were two apartheid states in the late 1980s, Israel and South Africa. It was an established fact. It is not an anti-Semitic thing to say. It is an apartheid state. <clears throat> Judaism is not about apartheid. The political system in play is. So you have to kind of separate out the notions. Was the aggression justified? Killing, I, I don't know that killing is ever justified, but there can be reasons why. And it's very, very complex. And I, I don't want to go into all of it because it's a very, very sensitive topic for many people. I have people I care about who would belong to either side of that. And isn't it funny? We have Mars in the last degrees of Libra. There are multiple sides to this issue. Multiple sides. And it's so easy to want to pick a side, pick a winning team, pick, pick, pick. Okay. But what I can say is there is a power imbalance at play. Okay. I will also say as both a political analyst and an astrologer, like hell intelligence dropped the ball or didn't know. That is just an absolute bald face lie. Okay. Even if the orange man, which by the way, I think they're going to use this as a way to get to the orange man in a different way. But it doesn't mean it isn't real and true, but it's just opportune. But there's no way they missed it. There's no way they missed it. There is no way they missed it. And Pluto goes direct on Tuesday. And it's in a square with Mars and Libra. Multiple sides to the issue. There's a power imbalance. And I can guarantee you, Israel holds the power in this situation. It is funded by us. It is trained by us. We help them with the R&D for their defenses. So it is not an equal fight. There was a surprise on the anniversary of the 1973 war. Okay. We don't teach about that too much. Okay. Which was also a bit of a surprise. It was launched by Egypt. It is highly possible that this conflict spills outside the borders of Israel. We could see things heat up in Lebanon. Syria 
could have action coming from it. We destabilized Syria. We destabilized Syria and it was a dumb thing to do. And I recently saw a video with Hillary Clinton and Condoleezza Rice talking about the morality of what we've done. You know, well, what do you do? You take out the dictator and then what? Oh no, we left it unstabilized, which was just makes me want to bang my head on a desk. We may not like a dictator, but it isn't our job to root them out. If we're not willing to help an opposition and we're going to leave a country in flux, they're, they, they, they can build their own oppositions. It was stable. And we destabilized it, just like we destabilized Iraq and eradicated a generation of people. Eradicated. At one point, there was less, but less than 20% of people over 50 were alive. And it is an intergenerational culture where knowledge and skills are passed generation to generation. It's, people live in intergenerational homes. Um, just absolutely did devastating things over there but don't feel I no it's we're pointing out what is but don't go around feeling guilty like we didn't make the policy decisions you and me we didn't make those in fact I've spent a lot of my adult life writing politicians calling politicians only to get dismissed because it, it's about money and resources we destabilized the Golan Heights especially and got involved because Allie Burton wanted to drill under the Golan Heights and take some oil reserves. That's why. It was really simple. Really simple. It was about it's always about resources and access to resources. <clears throat> so will it be World War Three this week? No, it's not. Um, but it will escalate and we will see that regional conflict kind of spill over. It's going to be pretty brutal because on the 12th, we have Mars moving into Scorpio and it will be in a sextile or actually, sorry, it'll be in a trine with Saturn right away and in a sextile with Venus. So this is all going to be about resources, land, um, minerals and things like that. Um, we're really, really lucky. The moon is not in Libra or Scorpio when Mars switches over. So it, it'll be in Libra after Mars moves into Scorpio. And that's a really good thing. It won't be, um, or it's in early Libra when Mars moves. It won't be on top of Mars. That's a good thing. We avoid some really huge, big energy by having the moon trailing Mars in this transit. That's a good thing because the eclipse happens in Libra. So I think we're watching escalating energy all week long, um, all week long. And then, um, 
when the moon does catch up with Mars, that will be a very somber day. Um, there'll probably be a, a lot of casualties in the Middle East. Um, we'll talk about the solar eclipse in the United States and what we can do about it here on the podcast. Um, and what you can do about it personally. So this is the stuff that's going on in the world, guys. Um, it bothers me that they're acting like, oh, whoa, big surprise. Um, I just, I just don't think it was. And, um, people be like, well, how could those people do those things? And if you understand, imagine being fish in a barrel and you're caught all the time and you're maybe not fed properly and you might start trying to jump out of your barrel and you might know that jumping out of the barrel means you die but you're already gonna anyway right and I think when you have generations of conflict there's generations of trauma and we see that in areas that have prolonged conflict um Understand, every adult citizen of Israel between a certain age, um, once they reach 18, is a member of the military until a certain age. So that's something to keep in mind. It doesn't mean people deserve to die or be killed. But there is a power imbalance, and that's what I'm talking about. Notice, this isn't about religion. It is not it is a political problem, and religion has been used to stir the pot big time. And I will quote Marx, religion is the opium of the people. He wasn't wrong because it clouds people's vision. It just does. It clouds people's vision. And when people think they have the moral authority that grants them excuses, extremists on any side and there's extremists all over this place being manipulated and used in the states if you live in the states unless you have family directly impacted by this in israel or palestine do not wring your hands over it unless you have a child in the military nobody's going to invade the united states nobody's going to come for you where you live nobody's going to try to oppose their way of thinking upon you we have enough problems in this country as it is nobody's coming for you okay i'm going to say something very unpopular but i'm saying it as a political analyst as shocking and as horrific as 9-11 was it wasn't an actual massive threat to the united states yes it was a tragic loss of life but it was a very symbolic attack. If they really wanted to screw with us, they would have gotten a lot of small towns and elementary schools and things like that. They chose very symbolic targets. Okay. And yes, people died and it was a tragedy. But that made people paranoid because we have had 
the bulk of us have had very little aggression to us on this soil. Now, there are marginalized communities who give argument to that. They're like, Mah. or Native Americans, indigenous people who have literally had their land stolen. And they're a great example in this situation when people are like, but Israel was, was this in the Bible. Like, well, then, then if that is the logic and we're all going back to our ancestral land, then, huh, how are we going to work this? Are, are we going to remove every indigenous person from the places that aren't their land and grant them their land back? Are we going to pack up our homes and move back to where our families came from? If you can pick a, you know, a genetic set, I know exactly. I'd love to go. Let me go back to the Pyrenees. I'd love to do that. Can I go back to the Pyrenees? It's in France. I mean, they're in Spain too, but I speak French, so I need to, and that's the French side. You know, so, I don't know. I think I could handle that. I don't know that somebody would welcome me knocking on their door and saying, hey, this used to be my family's house, so what you say? You know, you need to go. Right? Probably won't go over very well. And it's much more complex than that, and it's really long, but those are, that's what we're saying. Here. This is just to help put it in perspective. But if you live in Nebraska or Texas or New Hampshire or Eastern Washington or Oregon, nobody's coming for jack squat from you. Worry about our own local governments than worrying about foreign nationals. Um... Now, the places that do need to keep an eye out for both our own governments, and I'm talking about states or counties or what have you, where there's power imbalances, speaking of, uh, that new moon eclipse, that new moon eclipse, the annular, annular solar eclipse, is at 21 degrees of Libra, meaning it is in a square with Pluto in Capricorn, which will be direct. Um, and, and it's, it's six degrees. So it's a pretty good square. It's a pretty volatile day. Um, as far as energy goes, it may not be utterly volatile where the eclipse is seen, but it will be a very interesting time. So we're going to talk about that after we do some patron shout outs, um, and, and then we'll, we'll talk more about what else we can expect here in the United States. Um, and for our international listeners, which thank you for listening. Um, you know, you guys have to watch out for any, like if you guys have been having conflict where you're at, if there's been border skirmishes, if there's been tribal violence, if there's been any kind of like I've got my eye on the Balkan states I've got my eye on Armenia and Azerbaijan I've got um, my eye on um, I don't know enough about Armenia and Azerbaijan on dates and what have you to run charts but I did see that they're looking to put 
Uh, the EU wants to put Azerbaijan at the ICC over the genocide. Um, there's stuff up, and we've got seismic activity and all kinds of stuff, and climate change, and climate change. So we'll talk a little bit about what I see with the eclipse, and then how you can surf this cosmic tide, okay? But first, let's do some patron shoutouts. Well, we've got a bunch of new patrons, and um, welcome, welcome, welcome to being a patron here at the Awake Space. Uh, without you, there is no me, and I'm super excited. We are um, over 2,000 listens from last week's episode, and unlike on TikTok, it, that's, that's a, an accomplishment. Like, 2,000 listens on TikTok isn't very big because, you know, what, it's 60 seconds um, max, but we had over 2,000, almost 2,500 listens um, so far on episode 42, which is the overview of October, and you can go listen to that, which is super exciting. Um, the patrons sent you listening for your shout outs. Let's, um, let's do that. And then we'll talk about the patron only episode that patrons get. Uh, we've got Lisa, Kate O'Brien, uh, Christy, Twella, Trudy, Tiffany, Firebreather, Lustful Octopus, Tanya, JC Skrilla, Ellen or Ellen, Ashwold, Becky R, Viera, Nelly Nelson. <laughs> I love that. Susan, Christopher, Irby, Hector, Ane, It's Me, Kimmy, Lucid Evolution. Ms. Christy, Melissa, Leslie, Nicole, Alyssa, Brandy, Kristen, Aodel, Bethany, Jessica, Rosemary, and Dallas. Thank you for being patrons. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much. Um patron-only podcast. We're looking at Mary Shelley's astrology chart. Why am I doing that? When the world is starting to heat up? Because we need distractions. Okay? And it's spooky season. And I read from Mary Shelley's Frankenstein or the Modern Prometheus, and it's a damn good read if I say so myself. And we're going to learn something about her astrology, and you learn more about astrology from listening to that podcast. So, there. That's why. And... Uh, you're going to get a bonus episode this week. I recorded uh, me reading one of my own short stories, which is kind of a twisted little surreal number. Um, believe it or not, I wrote it when I was sick. It was 2019, and I was just sick. I had like 103 fever, and I was trying to finish my book, which, no, it isn't published. Yes, I'm pitching it to agents. Um, it's a sweet Americana book. This, this is kind of a like, I don't know that the story would have to be in this book. It, like, if somebody wanted to cut it, it could be cut. But um, it's still 
fits in nicely, but it's just a weird story because I it was like a fever dream, but it worked. It's actually a really good story, and I hadn't read it in a long time, and I was like, oh, damn. Now, on my Patreon-only podcast, I don't do a whole lot of editing because I just don't have time. Like, I actually have to be up in the morning, and it's already... Oh, is that 2.30? Yes, it is, but it's 2.33. So, um... So I stumble over words and stuff, but not too bad. Not too much. I try to clean it up a little bit. Um, So you'll get the Mary Shelley later later today, maybe early Tuesday. And then before the eclipse, you'll get Plucky by me. And then we'll do a collection of short stories for next week. We're doing spooky stories and readings. Um, for spooky season and then we do the astrology and literary analysis using astrology which is super fun uh don't forget your very very special patron discounts if you're new check in the crunch report you want to read the post not just watch the video because the links for your very special perks are in there gonna lie i feel a little bit like grover in the book there's a monster at the end of the book don't turn the page uh this eclipse is a biggie it's a real big one it's also my lunar return (laughs) we're in danger um god my own transits have been wild absolutely wild i had um (laughs) this week has been a lot um because these global transits I've been talking about, the world transits, they're they're Mars is squaring my sun and my Mercury, Pluto's opposite my sun and the Mercury. Ah under pressure looking down on me, looking down on you. Don't let it go. Um Yeah. It's been a lot. And so if you're feeling a lot, just know the pressure gets released probably in a big bang globally. Um, no, not global thermal nuclear work, but just big bangs um, with that new moon in Libra. It's an annular solar eclipse. Now it's visible throughout the tip of South America, up and through Central America, into Texas, up through the West Um, from the southwest it is visible and where things are visible that's where they have impact when it comes to an eclipse if the eclipse is not has zero visibility you do not need to tell me you're oh we only get like 20 percent. it's visible then okay if it ain't visible like zero visibility treat it like a new moon for those of you in the pathway of the eclipse me too treat it like an eclipse so this is a time to do like a release you're releasing the blocks okay so you want to release if you're a libra rising and remember this this happens at 21 degrees okay 21 degrees and some minutes okay but if if you get anything at 21 degrees that's where the eclipse is going to be and if it's in the first house it's about releasing self-doubt. It's about releasing 
ideas around yourself. You do need to be careful with your physical person. I wouldn't necessarily go out during the eclipse um, itself if it was in my first house. Um, every single cultural culture in the world that I have interacted with has a don't go outside rule for eclipses if they're visible. So just saying. Um, just saying. Um, but yeah, be careful. You might be a little accident prone on the day. So just keep grounded. Stay out of your head. Um, let go of, uh, you know, like people pleasing is, is not necessary. You do not need to be a people pleaser to be a Libra raising. You, you know, you're like, but that's my whole identity. Well, stop it. Cause it doesn't have to be okay. Mutuality, the strive for balance. You'll never find balance all the way, but you can strive for it. Uh, fairness, being pleasant, pleasant and being a people pleaser are two different things. Okay. You can still be charming and fun to be around and not stuff every feeling you've got to make everybody else comfortable. Okay. And knock it off. Get this allows you to open up to new confidence in yourself. If the eclipse is happening in your second house, okay. If it's happening in the second house, then you're going to be letting go of issues around money. You know, you're going to be opening up pathways to new resources and new ideas of how it is to be resourced. If the new moon is happening or the eclipse is happening in your third house, be careful driving. Okay. Be careful driving. If it's visible where you are, if it's not visible where you are, I still be careful driving because that new moon is squaring off with Pluto. So just, just be mindful. People might not be paying attention. Everybody's on edge. There might be some road rage out there. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about potential. You might be driving too fast just because you're up in your head. Stay very present. Um, you, you also want to watch your communications because so, it's going to be really easy to be in your feels. But if you haven't been speaking up, if you haven't been as direct as you need to be, this is a giant time to cut that part out you know let go of those blocks and open up if the eclipse is happening in your fourth house um it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to move and if but if the eclipse is visible and you live in the southwest or a fire region i would be working it doesn't mean there's going to be a fire that day remember the the, the eclipse energy rings out over time and is strongest for six months and so I would clear any brush around the house, give yourself a little barrier, do some yard work that weekend. Just saying. Um, be ready for interesting windstorms. If you have trees around the house, you want to make sure you don't have any what we used to call in the Northwest Widowmakers. A Widowmaker is a branch that can fall and hit you on the head. <laughs> Thus being called a Widowmaker. Or break under a logger while they're trying to scale the tree. So you might want to do any arbor, uh, arborist like activities, um, hire a professional. Don't try to do some of that yourself. If you don't know what you're doing, watching YouTube videos may not be enough folks. Um, if the new moon is happening in, oh wait, let me back that up. If you are wanting to move and you're wanting to get a different living situation, then this is a time to kind of look at what ideas, thoughts, beliefs are in your way of doing so. And that could be like, oh, it's too expensive. 
Um, it is expensive, but there might be other ways to do it. There may be alternative solutions. So if you're just stuck in the, ah, uh, well, you're not going to find what you're looking for. If the new moon is falling in your fifth house, you might have blocks to your cre creativity moved on out. You, you may be more creative. If you've been trying to get pregnant, you've been having issues around that. This is a good time to um, not necessarily try again, but it just understand the pathway is being clear. And maybe in, after Pluto moves into Aquarius, things open up but it would be kind of you might want to assess like um if you have been trying to get pregnant you've been having a hard time with that um and you really want to be a parent um and you're frustrated and you feel bad about yourself or you think you're a failure of some kind because your body's betrayed you or whatever i've been there okay um do some reflection okay like there's Look at the social cultural programming involved. I'm not trying to talk you out of it. I'm just saying, why do you want to do it? And does, does it, what does it really say about you? What's been going on? You know, we want to deconstruct with this eclipse energy. It's very helpful. Um, you might, if you're an artist, a writer, a creative of any kind, if you're sporty, um, this is a good time to release any insecurities you've got. If the lunar eclipse is happening in the sixth house, um, this is helping you with your schedule, your daily routine. If you've been needing to be more fit, then maybe looking at like a, a different kind of exercise regime. This is a good time to kind of look at what's in your way. If you don't like the gym, you don't have to do the gym. There's other ways to get your exercise in. Um, work-wise, be careful you don't quit. Rage quitting probably won't help unless you have another job lined up. I would use the energy of the eclipse to um, rage apply for other things <laughs> instead of rage quitting. Um, if the eclipse is falling in your seventh house, it does not mean your marriage will end. Um, if you're not married or you're not in a partnership, you have clients, those could be up on deck. If you have a business partner, issues could be up on deck. Doesn't mean you're losing anybody there either, but you, it is a good time to reevaluate mutuality in those agreements. Because remember, the seventh house is really about contracts, agreements, and commitments. And so are you over committing? Are you making decisions for other people? Like, you know, are you trying to make their budgetary descriptions? You know, like maybe they ask for options. Maybe it's a client. They're like, well, I want to see my printing options. And you're like, well, I gave you these two because I, the other ones are too expensive. And that's, that's codependency. You, you haven't allowed your client to, to review the work and go, well, um, actually that works very well. And it's very cost effective for me. So, um, you know, look at where you may be over caretaking people and where you need to be cared for and how that, whether it's a business arrangement or it's a romantic relationship or marriage relationship or whatever it is. Uh, eighth house. If the eclipse is falling in your eighth house, then this is a good time to let go of any old fears or old experiences, old things that scarred you psychologically. I only laugh when, when I resonate. Um, but any of the old stuff is up on deck to be released so that you can connect better in, 
with your birthright, which is to be an intuitive, collaborative person um, with spirit. You might want to connect to your ancestors that day. You might want to, and they don't, your ancestors are not the same people they were when they died, okay? The, the crap from the human existence floats off and you're fine. Um, you might look at um, investigating, it might be a time to start therapy and get support, you know? Look at how you could be better supported by others, you know, in this world. Uh, if the eclipse is happening in your ninth house, this is time to let go of some beliefs that have been in your way. You have some very strong opinions about justice, social justice, and, and those may be fine, but how you approach your activism may need to be tweaked. You, so it's more effective. You might be looking at teaching or creating um, a production of some kind, whether you're producing a book and you're looking at publishing or you're involved in the theater or what have you you could also be looking at travel and travel plans may have to change um given the astrology of this week so letting go of of certain very fixed ideas and allowing new visions to form and i'm not talking about compromising and dealing with well i guess it's better than nothing that's not it it might work out go read my latest post um my latest free post where i talked about was it a past life or peek into the past um i i took what i i felt like i was taking what i could get but it was really the very best scenario that could have played out with the host mom i had you can go read that post um if the eclipse is happening in your 10th house then you're showing up in a really really different way um it's time to let go of of um any people-pleasing habits, any fears of needing to appease authority figures or people um, that you think you need. You, you sometimes think you need people when you don't, when, when <clears throat> people might see you as a lot more passive than you are. So that's something to pay attention to. Um, you may need to let go of some of the Mrs. Nice Guy or Mr. Nice Guy stuff and, and demand your due. Demand your due. Um, it's also not a great time to quit, but you will also be able to put a pathway forward um, career-wise. If the lunar eclipse is in your 11th house it's it's time to look at your community in a different way it's time to seek out your network in a different way let go of any ideas of like you never find the right people i never find people who can collaborate with me you know all the stinking thinking let it go look for inspiration look for the helpers as mr rogers would say look for the people who are doing good work in the world look for at the people you admire and and reach out you know reach out thank them you know i never feel bothered if somebody says hey Lori, your content feels good <clears throat> you deliver hard information in a really thoughtful way and i feel more grounded when i listen to you i never think oh wow that person interrupted my day by messaging me okay <laughs> honestly it usually shows up at just the right time when i'm like does anybody listen because, yeah, everybody shows up when there's a conflict. But I've been warning about this shit forever. <laughs> so it's like, they'll be like, have you talked about this? Uh, yeah, I have. 
Um, if the eclipse is happening in your 12th house, you're really, really fortunate. So don't freak out about it. It's actually helping you release old fears. You know, these, the, the real deep worries and fears, um, you can release those because remember fear is the mind killer and, and open up your connection to source and have some faith in a different way that things will work out. And that's what I want you all to know. This week is freaking crunchy and there's going to be some absolutely egregious things happen this week. And yet overall long-term things work out. No, we will not have a time where we're all holding hands and singing Kumbaya. We are not moving into unity consciousness. I, I don't care what other people say. I don't care what, what person predicted what I don't care. No, I don't care. We're not going to be in unity consciousness. That is a mythos as old as time itself. Till as old as time. Um, I don't know what that was. That was just my own version of that. That just came out of my mouth. But anyway, um, it's, it's a really interesting week and it's going to be, um, easy to be distracted, easy to be outraged. Um, there's going to be some really ugly stuff that happens. And I think people are going to hit the streets in a different way. We've got protests still happening all over the world. Uh, unions are going to be up in arms in, in America and other places. We're going to see labor still continue to push forward. Um, we'll probably get some shitty economic news by next Monday. Um, probably after my podcast drops next week. Um, it's just an interesting time to be alive. Okay. It's just an interesting time to be alive. <clears throat> to be honest, um, there's never been a time without conflict. It's just, we have so much access to information so rapidly and in real time that we see a lot more, but notice you guys have been played over and over and over again by different events. Um, and manipulated by the media and even bad actors in social media and even, and people who are unwilling are like unknowing participants to it. They pick up as part of a trend and they talk about something that they really don't have a lot of education around and, you know, help with the swing, the narrative process. And you're going to hear narratives on all sides. And I can tell you, regardless of your connection to the issue with Israel and Palestine, genocide is never okay for anybody. Genocide is never okay. It is not okay to wipe out a group of people. It's not okay. I don't care. Yeah. The Armenia situation. Armenia has faces genocide of massive scales. Still doesn't have all the acknowledgement they deserve on it. Um, be careful that you don't get played this week because there's going to be so much bullshit flying from the minute 
like you wake up on Monday and it's just going to keep going. You know, Tuesday is so volatile, especially, you know, Pluto stations direct in the evening. So we really wake up on Wednesday on the 11th to some really wild news. So, um, wild, deplorable, even. Um, probably very egregious. And, and we may hear about it before that. It may hit social media before that. Um, I know a lot of people are still, you know, asking me about Ukraine. Um, Ukraine will continue. It'll probably escalate as well. But um, my eye is also on the Balkans. And if you remember the Serbo Serbia, Herzegovina, all that fun stuff back in the 90s. Yep, that's tenuous right now. It's really shaky. Speaking of genocide, they called it ethnic cleansing back then. Uh, there's a lot going on. Um, we'll continue to see the oil markets fluctuate. We'll see gold and silver probably rise. Um, especially with Venus in, in Virgo. And it'll probably rise maybe in about a week and a half. It'll rise even a little more than it has. Um, we could see a lot of seismic activity. Like the seismic activity is going to continue to increase. Um, if you get crunch reports, I give my directions in there. I haven't, I haven't looked at all the charts for exactly where in the world. Again, my eye has continually been up in the Pacific Northwest, in the Northern Pacific Rim. I know people love to call it the Ring of Fire um, because people love drama. It, it's also called the Pacific Rim. And, you know, basically from the coast of Northern California up and around the coast, up into Canada, Alaska, across the Bering Straits, into Japan, um, and down into the Pacific Islands um, and even into Indonesia and Papua New Guinea. They've all had some pretty big earthquakes. Um, Afghanistan had a really big earthquake and it killed like 2,000 people so far that we know. There's more of that on the way as well. Um, a lot going on, folks. So remember to take deep breaths. Um, go watch baking videos, cat and dog videos, toddlers, whatever we can watch to, you know, I love the sassy toddlers videos. They make me laugh. They really do. Um, and the silly dogs and cats. Those are fun. Baby elephants. Um, I say baby elephants for really shitty days or when I feel very overwhelmed and watching a baby elephant just makes everything better just does they're just the cutest um i would make sure i had emergency cookies on hand this week if you have cardinal placements especially if you're a cancer and if you're a taurus well duh you should always have emergency cookies on hand or be related or married to somebody with a cancer placement that needs to stress bake that would be the ideal situation um be gentle on yourselves um, it's easy to feel powerless. It just is. It's just easy to feel powerless. So, um, there's just stuff we can't take care of. So take care of what you can. And, um, 
be good to yourselves. So let's do a recap of the week. Um, it's it's going to be intense. There's going to be a lot of stuff show up. It, it, I think we'll have big bombshell headlines probably like Wednesday morning, although we might hear about stuff like Tuesday night after Pluto goes direct. Remember, Pluto does not start the 10th out direct. It, it, it stations later in the day, like 6 p.m. Pacific. That's 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, and that would be the 10th. Okay. And then on the 12th, we have Mars moving into, um, we have Mars moving into Scorpio. What time is that? Jennifer, the lovely Jennifer has made me a handy dandy document. So I could just look this crap up. Let me go find it. Where to go? Oops, I need to be part of that. Look at open chat. There we go. There's the handy dandy document. Oh, so nice. Okay. Oh, actually, Mars moves into Scorpio on the 11th at 9.05 p.m. Pacific. Which is the 12th on the East Coast. Okay. Because, God damn, thank you, Jennifer, for putting it in my time zone. <sighs> you know, I get so annoyed. People put the times in ephemera. I looked online. I should have looked on my own software. Let me look that up. Let me look at the 11th <laughs> before I may have to. This may be the errata part of the show. What's errata? Well, it'll be like, oh, well, joke alert. Oh, crap, holy. Okay. The 11, 905. 9.05 p.m. Pacific. Thank you, Jennifer, for putting this. If, if you guys don't know who Jennifer is, Jennifer is... Uh, one of my astrologers that I've trained um, and has been apprenticing with me we are so lucky that the moon remains in Virgo while that happens um, p.m. Yeah. So Mars will be in a trine with Saturn retrograde and in a sextile with Venus, like I said. So the moon will be, the moon will not be in Libra. Um, which is good. It won't, well, there's nothing wrong with the moon being in Libra. I'm saying it's good because it's not in the last degrees of the sign conjunct Mars um, or square Pluto or in the early degrees of Scorpio conjunct Mars. It will be a couple days later 
um, on the 15th, the moon will move into Scorpio um, at 4.05 a.m. At 4.05 a.m. And that's Pacific. So that would be 7.05 a.m. Eastern on the 15th. And I, that's probably going to be a crunchy day, too. So we're crunchy through the rest of the year. October is the pivotal month, making more sweeping systemic change. This has been part of the last 16 years has been the Pluto in Capricorn transit. It's all about massive systemic change. And we're seeing at the tail end of it, we're not done until we're done. We've got just that pocket of time in 2024 where Pluto will swing back to the 29 degree mark um, between September and November. So it's a wild world, folks. It's a wild world, but I do. Maybe it just makes me feel better, but I believe it leads to better days. I believe it leads to better days. So fingers crossed, folks. And put your seatbelts on. So we got an interesting week ahead. There's not a lot we can do about much of anything. Um, I'm not going to do the astrology Q&A segment here. I'll do the Q&A uh, for patrons. Um, we're down on questions. So now I'm going to, because I had so many questions before, I would talk about the astrology here on the main podcast. But now that we're under 20 questions, folks... Um, I'm going to reserve those questions for the patron-only content uh, on Patreon. If you've been a subscriber here, I really want to urge you to join us in the Patreon. There's lots of ways to do it. If you can't be a paid member, you can still subscribe and get my public posts. I've been writing stories from my youth um, and other life experiences that have to deal with everything that is oh woo woo and uh, you can go to the awake space um, on patreon.com the url is patreon.com forward slash the awake space you can check that out in the podcast description I'm Lori Rivers I want to thank you for joining me and uh, we'll talk soon next week next week because we'll have other things to discuss alright be good to yourself <laughs>